Hey, well, good morning. Thank you so much for joining us right here at Brave Church. Uh, we're so glad you're here and ready for part six of our series, sorry, part five of our series on frequency. Yes, we're part five of this series, and we're titling the message, Questions to Ask When You Can't Hear God. Uh, my wife, wonderful wife, gave me an awesome gift uh, this past Father's Day, and I have them in my pocket. It's these really cool wireless headphones. And what makes these uh, headphones really unique, something that I didn't know they had this feature, but it's really cool. There's a feature on these headphones called Hear Through. And uh, Hear Through is simply, uh, it allows the external sound to be played through headphones. And so when you put these headphones into your ears, uh, it's got this really cool feature where just by clicking on a button, you can turn off or on the Hear Through. And so something I did, uh, you know, the first time I got these first morning wake up, kids start making their demands about breakfast and what's happening that day and the, the, the requests start coming in. And so I clicked my hear through off. And when you click this little button on the left ear right here, it just shuts everything out and you could just mute people when they're talking. It's, it's awesome. How, how awesome is that? Just think about this. Some of you, like, yeah, I want to get those headphones so that I could just mute people when I'm talking. It's like you're having a, a remote control in your hand. You could just put a mute button on them. It's just really cool. So I just turned off and said, I, I can't hear you. I got my, I can't hear you. And they didn't know that I had the hear through on feature, but I was just trying to pretend that I just couldn't hear them at all. And so it's this really awesome uh, gift that my wife got me. And I thought about that today, and I thought about that this past week, and just how sometimes I believe there are people who often realize, that, or this is how we often uh, handle God's voice in our life. We, we, we turn our hear through off. In other ways, there are things that are blocking or turning down the volume at which God is trying to speak into our life. And I realize that this is often how we handle God's voice. One of the truths is this, is that we determine the volume at which we hear God's voice. I just want you to know today that we determine the volume at which we hear God's voice. I want you to just think about that for just a moment, that there is a volume at which God wants to speak to you, but we are the ones who often like these headphones. We, we put them into our ears to hear what God is speaking, but then we turn, we turn off the hear through so that we can't hear what God is trying to say. And we are the ones who set that. We're the ones that press that button. Often he is speaking, but we can't hear him because of an action or a decision that we have made that has limited the volume of his voice in our lives. And the truth is God wants to speak to us. In fact, it bothers him when we intentionally or unintentionally turn our hear through off when he wants to speak to us today. I could have titled the message, Turn Your Hear Through On, but I know for some of you, you may not understand it, so I just thought, well, let's make this title of the message so simple so that you could share it with somebody. If they ever tell you, I struggle hearing God's voice, share this message with them, because I believe that it may just help them. You could share it by sharing a link to our YouTube or sharing it on social media. Share it with somebody today or share it when somebody is in question, or maybe just for you, when you are struggling hearing God's voice, go back and listen to this. So again, I titled the message, Questions to Ask When You Can't Hear God. Questions to Ask When You Cannot Hear God. In other words, His volume is down, and you can't hear Him, but you need to hear Him. Let's pray. Jesus, right now we give it to you. Father, we're so thankful for Your Word today. 
Lord, let it be your word that is spoken in this place. Father, would you open our hearts, our minds, and our ears to you today, Jesus. Lord, we're ready to receive. Tell them, I'm ready to receive. In Jesus' name, amen. James, the brother of Jesus, if you have your Bibles, you can turn to the book of James. James chapter 1, and we'll start with verse 5. James first begins to tell us the first two questions that we can ask whenever we struggle with hearing God's voice. James chapter 1, verse 5 says this. Hey, if any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God, who gives generously to all who, to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. But when you ask, he says, you must believe. Circle that word believe or underline it. You must believe and not doubt. You can highlight that word too. You must believe and not doubt. Because the one who doubts, and then he describes the person who doubts, is like a wave of the sea blown and tossed by the wind that the person should not expect, it says. That means you shouldn't expect to hear from God when you come this way. So you can't come expecting God to speak something to you when you come with this, this attitude or way of living. You shouldn't expect to receive anything, he says. That, that's not just a physical, materialistic thing. You shouldn't expect to receive anything when you come to God in this manner. That's James 1, 5 through 7. So James writes, when we come to God, we should believe that we will hear from him and not doubt that he will speak. So having unbelief and doubt in who God is hinders our ability to hear his voice. And then James gives us the example, and he painted the picture, and he says, he writes that people who, who doubt God, who have an unbelief in God, they're like the wave of the sea. Meaning, maybe he's sitting on the beach, and he's watching the waves crash in, and he says, you know, they're kind of like the waves of the ocean. Their lack of faith and trust in God shows that they have no foundation, and so they're unstable in all of their ways. In other words, doubters are without rest. They're unstable. Their faith is driven based on their circumstance like the waves are driven by the winds. And they are capable of great destruction. One commentator wrote, so that he that comes to God with unsettled convictions unsettled, he's unsettled, unsettled convictions and hopes, is liable to be driven about by every new feeling that may spring up in the mind. At one moment, hope and faith impel him to come to God. Then the mind is at once filled with uncertainty and doubt, and so the soul is agitated and restless as the ocean. Doubt states something about who we think God is. Struggling with doubt reveals our insecurities about God's ability, our view of our standing with God, or our lack of deserving. In other words, sometimes we struggle hearing God's voice because you don't think you deserve to hear His voice, and you doubt. When we doubt that God speaks at all, or we doubt that He will speak to us, it creates a blockage in our hearts and in our minds. And so the doubt, listen to me, the doubt is so loud in your life, in our lives. The doubt gets so loud. The unbelief gets so loud 
it's like we're turning our hear through off. You see, let me illustrate to you this way. God in his word has written down promises. So let me give you a couple of promises that he has made that some of you may not know of or maybe you need to hear today or learn again or hear again. He says, I'm able to do abundantly more than you could ever possibly think or imagine. He says, I wired you exactly the way I wanted you. You are a perfect creation in my eyes. I did not mess up when I made you. I could do all things through you when you give me your life. That's the verse. I, I could do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So in other words, God is saying, I could do all things through you when you put yourself under my hands. He says, cast your cares on me for I care for you. I care for you. I will never leave you nor abandon you nor forsake you. I am a good shepherd. I finish what I start. I will supply your every need. I am the healer and the redeemer. This is who he says he is. These are, these are scriptures and promises from God. Even when you feel alone, you are not alone. I am with you. I am going to build my church, and nothing's ever going to stop it. I'll continue to advance my kingdom. Nothing will get in the way. These are promises of God. And so what James is saying is when doubt creeps in, when, when uncertainty creeps in, that person is like the wave of the ocean because they got no foundation. They're unstable and all, they haven't settled. Many people today are living an unsettled life even though they know God's promises and the reason you live unsettled is because you got doubt creeping in and unbelief. Doubt, not in the existence of God, but doubt in the truth that God will finish what he starts. Doubt in his promise. So he says people who do that are like the waves of the sea. They're just crashing all of the sides. And based on the circumstance, based on how strong the winds are in their lives, they become unsettled. You see, when the ocean is clear and there's no waves and things are easy, it's like, you know, I'm pretty settled. In other words, things are good. I know God's true to his promises because the promises are being delivered. So when the promises are being delivered, it's like God speaks and it's so clear and it's so loud and it's so great. But when the wind is strong, and the waves begin to crash when your circumstances change and all of a sudden you don't hear God or, or maybe the promises aren't coming through in that proper time in that particular moment. All of a sudden your doubt creeps in. Your doubt creeps in on who God is. Did I hear God correctly? Why do I feel worried? Why do I got anxiety? Where am I going to go? What am I going to do? How are we going to accomplish that? How are we going to build that? How are we going to turn that? How are we going to establish that relationship? How's that going to go? What are we going to do with our kids? And all of a sudden the worry and anxiety and all of the stuff starts to creep in because you forgot the promises of God that he gave you a long time ago. It's amazing what can happen. God can speak to us give us a fantastic word, we get this emotional movement, awesome word of God, and then all of a sudden the storms of life come, and it's like doubt creeps in, unbelief creeps in, and then all of a sudden we can't hear the promise that he spoke long ago already. Some of you forgotten the promise. You turned your hear through off on a promise that was gave to you seven years ago. You turned your hear through off. You don't hear the promise anymore because you're so filled with worry, fear, doubt, and unbelief. So James is saying, if you got doubt and unbelief when you come to God, you're not going to be able to hear him clearly because you're not going to hear clearly what he's trying to speak to you through his word. You turn to hear it through off because you got 
doubt and unbelief. I believe there's people today in our world, and myself included, where we could become unsettled. I want to encourage you today to settle it. Just settle it already. I mean, for me personally, I've been praying and asking God, you know, it's as many people have, where do we go as a church? How's this going to happen as a church? How are we going to do church just online? How are we not going to gather? Just lots of things that anybody who will be leading church is probably dealing with or wrestling through. And finally, the Lord told me, he said, God, how, how are we going to do this? And finally, the Lord reminded me of the great call. He said, hey, the method may change, but the mission is the same. He just told me, he said, the call to make disciples is still there. So, uh, God, how are we going to do it? He says, why do we care about how? The mission is the same. Stop focusing on the method and just get focused on the mission. So it's like you just forget what God has already spoken. And the uncertainty creeps in. I'm just wanna, I want to tell somebody today to settle it. Just settle it already. Settle it that God is good. But... But maybe bad things have happened in your life that you can't explain why they happened. And so because of that doubt creeps in, you can't hear God is good. Because all you see is what happened to you when you were a kid. All you see is what happened to you nine years ago. That's all you see. And so you doubt that God is good. And that he turns all evil and uses it for his purposes. But why would God allow that to happen? Why would God do that to me? Why would God allow that? And all of a sudden doubt creeps in and you don't hear the truth of God, that he turns all evil for his good. And that nothing slips through his fingertips without his approval. God, why would you do this? Doubt creeps in, and you can't hear what God is saying. Some people have doubt and unbelief filled in by what somebody did to them. In other words, we can let doubt, doubt in God, come simply because of what somebody else has done to us. They're not God, but we'll allow their voice to be so loud, what they did to our hearts, what they did in our lives, or how they treated us, or how they, what they said or shouldn't have said, and we'll allow that to come in and destroy our belief and faith in what God has spoken. So James is saying, if, you, if you've got a hearing off, if you can't hear what God is speaking, it may be because you've got doubt and unbelief. Matthew writes about this too. I think it's in Matthew 1358, he says, and he, being Jesus, did not perform many miracles. He wanted to, but he couldn't because of their lack of faith. Faith opens God's hands, whereas unbelief ties up his hands. Did you know you can tie God's hands up? You, you could tie them up because you got faith and unbelief. Jesus was wanting to perform miracles, but he couldn't do it because they didn't receive his words is true. Let me say it this way. God can save you. He does. Salvation. But you have to place your confidence in him in order to receive the gift of salvation. And the same way, God can speak to you. But if you doubt his goodness, you won't receive the gift of his promise. His promise is so good. But some of us can't taste how good he is. Because we don't have faith in the promise that he's made. That's why he gives us his promises. So that we can hold on to the promise even when the ocean is crashing around us. That's why Jesus was sleeping on a my pillow 
when all the disciples were going crazy, when the wave was crashing in the boat, Jesus, what are we going to do? And what did he say? Why do you doubt me? See, you got all messed up because of the, the, the surroundings and the circumstance. You want to know why I'm sleeping on my pillow? It's because I know what my God has spoken. I know what my dad tells. And whatever my dad says, he's going to do. So even though the waves are crashing, I'm fine. One of the things that hinders us from hearing God's voice, you can write this down, is doubt and unbelief. If you're taking notes with us today, doubt and unbelief. You need to write down this question. So you can wonder, if I can't hear God, maybe it's because you have doubt and unbelief. Just a few chapters over, James reveals to us another hindrance to hearing God's voice. We find it in James 4. James chapter 4, verse 3. James writes, when you ask, there are times you do not receive, he says. You don't receive. Why? Because you ask with the wrong motives that you may spend what you get on your pleasure. So James is telling his audience that the reason you pray and don't get a response is because you're asking with the wrong motive. The word for motive, by the way, is the word improper. So you can ask the wrong way. You're not asking properly. You're not asking properly. You're asking the wrong way. You've got the wrong motive in your heart. The reason for their prayer was so that they might increase, in this particular context, their power and authority. So they want more power, more authority, so they're saying, God, would you answer this prayer? And God is saying, no, because you've got the wrong motive. All you want is more power and authority. They were more concerned about worldly prosperity than they were righteous living. The point was they were asking with the wrong reason. They're asking with the wrong motive. When we talk to God, it is not about getting him to align with what we want. It's about getting us to align. We've got to hear this today. It's about getting us to align with what he wants. We've got to align with what he wants for us. Not getting him to align with what we want him to do for us. That's what prayer is about. Getting us in alignment with God's will for our lives. Establishing his kingdom. Not our kingdom. His kingdom on earth. God, what do you want to do? One of the reasons that people sometimes can't hear God is because they got the wrong motive. God can't speak to them clearly because they got the wrong heart. Why don't you just take this example with me? I'll give you an example. Let's say you have a person who owns a business. They own a company. And they're thinking, God, would you expand our business? Would you build our business? Would you, uh, you know, let us get more profits? And they're praying for God to bless their business. But the blessings aren't coming in as fast as they want. And God is, seems to be not speaking to that person, maybe. Maybe he's speaking not to that businesswoman or that businessman. And they're thinking, why hasn't God blessed the business yet? Why isn't he doing that? And he says, because you've got the wrong motive. You see, because I know your heart. I know your lips are moving, but I hear the heart. And the heart is, can you give me more money? See, you want more business, but really what you want, the root of it, is more money. And the reason you want more money is because you want to be able to spend more on do things that you want to do. But I know that that money is going to mess and jack you all up. So no, I'm not listening to your prayer request because you've got the wrong motive behind it all. In other words, you're not asking me to expand your business so my kingdom can expand. You're asking me to expand your business so your kingdom can expand. So no. If God put headphones in, he'd say, I'm turning my hear through off. Because you've got the wrong motive. 
Some of us want to enter a relationship with somebody. Now, I'm going to preach this because this is good. You want to have a relationship with somebody. God, would you give me a relationship? Would you, would you approve that relationship? Would you approve that relationship? Give me that, give me that, give me that, give me a relationship. And God says, I'm not going to hear that prayer. Because you can't even treat yourself correctly. How can I trust you with my daughter and my son? So no, I'm not going to listen to that. And no, I'm not going to trust that person into your hands. Because you're not even faithful in the relationships that I've already given you. So why would you do that? He says, no, I'm not going to give you that relationship because simply you're not even hearing what I'm saying in the first place. He says, but if you've got the right motive, if you have the right motive in your heart, you know, then, then I can all of a sudden begin to establish. In other words, if your motive is, God, if you want me to have this, if you don't want me to have this, whatever you want, now you've got the right motive. Now I can do something through you. Some of us, oftentimes, one of the reasons why we're not hearing what God is speaking is because we have the wrong motive. Second question James teaches us to ask when we can't hear God is this. If you have a hard time hearing God, you need to write this question down. Do I really have the right motive? What are my real motives? What's my real motive? You want to ask a tough question, you ask that question and get ready because God will answer David said, examine my heart, O God. See if there's any wicked way within me. That's a very hard question to ask sometimes. It is. Because God will reveal your motive. Listen, some of you today need to hear this. Why did you go to church before COVID? What was your motive? Was your motive just to show up to a place? What is your motive today to serve God? What, what has changed? A physical establishment has, has changed maybe, but the king is still on the throne and, and is worthy of our praise. Our motives are just being revealed. Where, where, where is your love to people? Where is your serving when there's no physical establishment to serve in? Where, where is your generosity when nobody's given back to you? See, it's just being exposed, your motive. I'll, I'll give when they're given to me, but I'm not giving when there's nothing to get back. Jesus said the real disciples are the ones who give to their enemies, and they don't give in purpose of getting back. They give because they give to me. You see, so motives get revealed, and it gets hard. But Jesus is doing heart surgery, and he says, no, I, I want to speak to you, but you've got to have the right motive. James says, the brother of Jesus, in fact, I can imagine now James, the brother. I just picture this story with me. Just follow me for a zip. I'm going to have some fun with this because I think this is true. I'm going to stay on this for just a moment. I'm enjoying this moment here. Just imagine being the brother of Jesus, and your brother is God in flesh. And you got bunk beds. I've always pictured James and Jesus in a bunk bed. And I don't know if Jesus would have been on the top bunk or the bottom, but he would have got whatever he wanted. Maybe he just switched them. Sometimes James fell asleep at the top, but when he woke up, he was on the bottom thinking, how did you do that again, brother? But anyways, imagine the conversation, and I can just imagine why James wrote this down. Because if God was your brother, would you ask him to do some pretty cool things for you? You know, like, hey, <laughs> you see that girl? I know you know her. I see her in town every day. Jesus, work your magic. Like Cupid, you know, do something for me. I mean, you can imagine the request. If your brother was God, would you ever submit him a request? Like, hey, you know, I'd really like to just 
just, come on, man, let's make a tree that just has money all over it. You know what I mean? Just a little plant in our backyard. No one will even know, Jesus. Just think about all the requests that James would have made to his brother. But he learned something. My brother didn't answer me when I had the wrong motive. It's like he saw my motive behind the ask. And he never came through in those moments. You know, he's, I can't come through when you got the wrong motive. Once you get the right heart behind it, then I can bless it. But I can't speak to you when you got the wrong motive. It's good preaching today. All right, hey, Psalm 66, we get a third question revealed to us from the writer of Psalm 66, verse 18. He says, if I had cherished sin in my heart, the Lord would not have listened. Now, he didn't say, I have cherished sin in my heart, but he's recognizing, had I cherished sin in my heart, God would have turned his hear through off on me. I just want you to know today there are truth, there are truth. And some of you are thinking, no, 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 God always listens to me. I want to set you free today. I'm going to tell you, God does not always listen to you. There are times God will shut you off. Boop. Why? I'm not listening to you because you're living in sin. I didn't say you're a sinner who's repented. I said you're living in sin. The writer of Psalm 66 says, if I had cherished sin inside of me, Let's unpack the word cherished. If I had cherished this sin inside of me, this word for cherished, the writer is saying is, it's like unconfessed. The word for cherished actually means to be seen. It means cherished would be seen. So uncherished, like I'm not cherishing, it's unseen. So it's unseen sin. It's unacknowledged sin. It's uncovered sin. So it's sin I've kept inside of me that I'm rejecting. It's sin that I'm not inspecting, and it's sin, watch this, that I'm not even considering. So I'm not doing any inspection on my heart. I'm not really doing any inspection in my life to see if I'm living in sin. So the writer is saying that this unconfessed or unseen sin hinders our communication with God. Because prayer is two-sided. It's you speaking, and it's God listening. Some of you are like, what? I thought it was just me praying. No, no. Prayer is me, me talking, but God talking back to me. In fact, a lot of us, to be more effective in our prayers, need to do a lot less talking and a lot more listening. And so we can't hear what God is saying when we have sin inside of us, the psalmist writes. The reason is because sin hinders us from hearing God's voice, and the reason that happens is because God does not abide in sin. He doesn't abide in sin. Sin separates us from God and creates distance in our relationship. So, so since God can never become one with sin, sin breaks our connection with God. It cuts the line. In other words, all the dialing in the world won't get you through to God when you're living in sin. Have you ever had your cell phone out? We all do this. You know, can you hear me now? Can you, can you hear me now? And then you... Can you hear me now? And you get awkward positions in your seat as you're making meeting calls. Can you get me now? Can you get me now? You know, you get outside, you get near, near that tree or near that bush. Right? Can you get me now? Listen, oftentimes we communicate to God the same way. God, can you hear me now? And he says, not till you repent, I can't. But can you hear me now? I can't hear you until you repent of your sin. In other words, what's blocking us is not the house we're in. It's not some technical difficulty that's causing the interruption between you and God. It's your sin that's blocking your communication with God. But he says, once you get in good reception, 
Once you get in a place where I can talk to you, once you repent of your sin, then I can speak to you because I don't abide in sin. So if one of the reasons why we struggle from hearing God's voice is because of sin in our life. The reality is, if you have a hard time from hearing God's voice, it may be. I'm not saying it always is. I'm not saying that. I'm saying it may be a question you need to ask yourself. It may be a sin that you have inside of you. It may be due to your refusal to repent from a sin or the one that you have committed or one you're currently living in. If you won't follow the instructions of God's written word, why would you follow the instructions of God's spoken words? Some of us want God to speak. God, talk to me. Just tell me what you want me to do. And you won't even do what he wrote thousands of years ago. Parents say this statement all the time. And sometimes, I think ladies like to say this a little more than men do. But I, I want to say it with a little attitude because it just kind of brings it more to life, you know, maybe from a woman's perspective. Boy, I can waste my breath on you. You ever had a parent tell you that? I can waste my breath on you. I want to waste my breath on those people. They don't deserve my breath. Some of you, when you're on your Zoom call and your meetings, you click off the video screen just because internally you're thinking, why am I going to waste my breath on these people? I ain't going to tell them my view of this. I'm not going to chip in creatively. I'm going to waste my breath on people. You ever felt like you wasted your breath on somebody? I believe sometimes God is going, I ain't going to waste my breath on you. Because you won't even do what I wrote. You won't even do the first thing. I don't know if I talk about the first ten commandments. Love the Lord your God with all of your heart, all of your mind, and all of your soul, all of your strength. You won't even do that. Why would I speak to you? My, why would I waste my breath on you? You're not even doing what I wrote. If you want to hear God's voice in your life and tell you what he's doing, you've got to start heeding his word. Think about it. I think it's in Isaiah. Isaiah 59 verse 2. Writes it so plain and clear for all those struggling with the theology of all of this. Look at Isaiah 59. This is so clear. It's your sins that have cut you off from God. They cut the line. And because of your sins, he says... He has turned away, and he has his here through off. He is not listening to you. But God always listens to my prayers. No, he doesn't. Not when you're in sin. He is not listening to you. You could be praying, and no one is listening. Because of a sin that you kept hidden in your heart, that you refuse to repent of. Some of you have been in the same stagnant growth in your relationship with God. And I know I'm preaching today because it's, it's heavy. It's good. I'm encouraging you today. Listen, by the way, whenever you have a challenging word from God, I have found you're on just the other side of a massive breakthrough spiritually. So if it feels tough today, that's just because God's trying to do a breakthrough in your life. That's just because he wants to plow through that wall and says, no, it's time to step up and rise up and be the daughter the son I've called you to be. Sometimes we allow sin to get in the way of what God is wanting to do through us, and he can't, he can't speak to us because of a sin we're holding in our hearts. And he wants us to break free from that sin so that he can do all the things that he wants to do through in us and through us and to other people's lives. If you can't hear God, write this down, number three. Ask yourself this question. Am I carrying a sin I need to repent of? 
am I carrying a sin? Is there a sin that I'm living in? A sin that I'm acknowledging, I'm doing consistently that I just refuse to repent of. It's not always the case. Don't beat yourself up. Just because you have an unanswered prayer does not necessarily mean I'm saying you are a, in deep sin. No, but there could be a scenario where that's the case. And I just want you to know that today so that you can hear God speak to you. That's the hope. That's, that's the call. That's, God wants to speak to you. So repent of your sin so that you can open, your, open yourself up to all the things that God wants to do through you and in you. Now go with me to Mark chapter 11. Is this good for you today? Glad you came. <laughs> Glad you're here. Mark 11, verse 24. Mark writes, Therefore I tell you whatever you ask in prayer. So the conversation is about prayer. It's about communication with God. That's the context. And he addresses something in context. The same thing we just read just a few moments ago. He says, well, first you've got to believe that you have received it. So don't have doubt and unbelief. Evidently, Mark has learned that lesson too. And it will be yours. And when you stand praying, so the context is communication with God. See, you've got to understand the context here. He says, when you're in communication with God. So the context is in, I'm in communication with God. I am speaking to God because I'm praying and God is speaking to me. So I'm in communication with God. When you're in that context, when you're in the context of praying to God, you're talking to Him, trying to hear what He's saying. In that context, He says, comma, if you have anybody who has anything against anyone, if you, if you have some kind of hidden unforgiveness, He says, if you had anything against anyone, forgive them so that your Father in heaven may forgive you of your sins. Now, it seems like a random sentence, but it's not. It's perfectly established right in the midst of times of our communication with God. In other words, Jesus is saying through Mark's writings, he says, unforgiveness gets in the way of what I want to communicate to you. Verse 23 of five, Matthew 5, 23 says, therefore, so Matthew writes about this as well, therefore, if you are offering your gift at the altar... There, remember that your brother or sister has something against you. If you've got some unforgiveness inside of you, or maybe somebody's got some offense towards you, or there's some issue between the two of you. He says, leave your gift there in front of the altar. And then he says, first. Some of you need to say it out loud. Just say first. Circle that. First, he says. First, not second. Go first. He says, first, go and be reconciled to them. It doesn't have to be a restored relationship necessarily. There could be a reconciliation that happens even if you can't see the person. You could just go reconcile it in your heart. He says, I want you to go do this. Then I want you to come and offer your gift. So Jesus was letting us know that there is a connection between our vertical relationships with God, our vertical relationship with God, and our horizontal relationships with each other. There's a connection there. If we're off of our horizontal relationships, we'll be off and our vertical relationships with God. When we have unforgiveness in our hearts, our worship is hindered. I'll show it to you this way. You ever been in the midst of worship or prayer time? Now, if you're here in the room, just nod your head with me. Follow me on this. Have you ever been in a moment of worship or prayer and somebody else or something else pops in your mind all of a sudden? You know, and... You're praying and you're worshiping, and then the person comes in next to you or something in the service, and you look over, and for some reason they, you know, they, they look 
something to you and you start to think about them and you start to think about why they're here, so your mind just starts to go or, or maybe you're watching somebody in front of you and then you're seeing them worshiping their hands up and they're dancing and you're like, why are y'all looking funny dancing that way? And so you're not even worshiping anymore. You're just kind of focused on what they're doing or maybe you see their shoes and you're like, man, those are some nice shoes. I really like those shoes. And you just all of a sudden forgot about the fact that you were in church, supposed to be worshiping God. You're like, oh, I forgot about, I was supposed to be worshiping Jesus, but their shoes are so nice. You ever just how your mind go when you're in the middle of worship? You ever thought about food when you're in the middle of worship before? You ever thought about, you know, what you're going to have for lunch? You ever thought about what you've got to get done, what you've got to do? How's it going to job work out? You're going to get paid. What's going to happen? They're going to get healed. They're going to get sick. What's going to happen? You ever thought about other things when you're trying to worship? You ever fallen asleep when you're trying to pray? You get your coffee out, get your Bible out. It's time for me to journal. Shut off my phone, and then you just fall asleep. What the writer here is saying is the same thing can happen to you when you've got unforgiveness in your heart. You could be trying to worship and try to hear what God is speaking, but all you're doing is thinking about what that other person has done to you. Let me give it to you this way. Some of you have some unforgiveness in your heart because you haven't forgiven what somebody did to you a long time ago. You can't hear what God has spoken about you a long time ago. So God says, and he says this to, and I'll use the ladies for an example to this, especially the ladies, ladies and them. So you say, somebody once told you you ain't pretty, or someone made you feel that way. And so you forgot God's word that says, you were beautifully and wonderfully made. I did not mess up when I made you. God has spoken, but I don't believe that word because somebody else said something to me a long time ago, and I haven't forgiven that person for what they said to me, and so I still believe that thing, so I can't hear what God is speaking to me now. All because of something somebody said to you a long time ago, and because you hold on to that past pain or that past hurt, you can't hear what God is doing. People do this, and they're notorious for this when it comes to church hurt. Some church hurt me a long time ago, so I can't hear what God is speaking to me through this church. So God, so when I'm in worship, all I'm doing is evaluating and critiquing, evaluating and critiquing, evaluating and critiquing, and I can't hear what God is speaking because I'm just evaluating and critiquing because of what happened to me last time. So many different ways we can allow unforgiveness because of what our father said, because of what a brother said, because of what somebody said to us, somebody did to us, and we can't hear what God has already spoken because we've got unforgiveness inside of us. The fourth question we can ask ourselves is, who do I need to forgive? Who, not what, who do I need to forgive? In other words, unforgiveness might be the reason you're not hearing God. Unforgiveness. Forgiving yourself could be even just forgiving yourself. I can't hear God because for some of us, we can't hear God because we haven't forgiven ourselves for the things that we've done. We can't just accept the grace and the mercy of God. We don't feel deserving of His voice. And so we can't hear His voice because we've got unforgiveness towards ourselves. And God is saying today, extend forgiveness to you and extend forgiveness to those who've hurt you so that you can hear the truth about you. Proverbs, last one, 19. The writer of Proverbs writes this in 19, verse 20. He says, listen to advice and accept discipline, and at the end you will be counted among the wise. Now, all through Proverbs, I could go through a whole bunch of Proverbs. Just go read through the book of Proverbs, and you'll see them. All constantly lend towards this idea that there is wisdom in seeking godly counsel. Listen to advice, the writer says, and accept discipline. Listen to the advice. And he says, and accept, actually the word would be instruction. Take the instructions that's given to you. And at the end, you'll be counted among the wise. Not that you just listen to advice, he says, 
you got to listen to the advice and accept not just discipline, actually the word is instruction. So you got to take the advice and then do what the advice told you. Some of you are so good at asking for advice, but we are terrible sometimes. Come on, we are terrible at sometimes at applying the advice. We love to find out, what do you think I should do about this? Where should I go? What do you think I should make this happen? Should I not do that happen? Do you think I should give to that? Do you think I should change that? You should end that, start that? And we're so good at asking advice, but sometimes we are terrible at taking the advice. And the only reason why we're terrible at taking advice, listen, when you don't want to take advice, the only reason why you don't want to take advice is because you're more convinced that you know more than what they know. Like, that's all it is. You know, I'm convinced I know the better way. You ever, you ever wanted to ask somebody this? I know I have. I have. You ever want to tell somebody, why did you ask me in the first place? If you're not going to do what I tell you to do, why am I wasting my breath? Why am I telling you? A lot of times we got to understand that one of the things that could be blocking us is that we haven't gone to God to the council. But here's the catch about going to God in the council. You can put the question up, the fifth question. Who can I go to for God in the council? So sometimes it's not a sin thing. You've got the right motives. You're not necessarily entrapped in a sin in that particular moment, you know, but, but you're not hearing God clearly, and you have to go and get God in the council. But here's the trick about God in the council, and you have to hear me on this. You have to go to somebody who's godly. In other words, you've got to think about this is the catch. You can't go to a person who doesn't know God's voice and expect them to help you discern God's voice. You have to go to somebody who knows God's voice. And we are so good at going to people for advice who don't even know. Listen, does it make any sense to go to somebody to get wisdom who doesn't know wisdom? Wisdom is Jesus. And if the person doesn't know wisdom themselves, then they're never going to be able to give you wisdom. Not the wisdom you want. If you want to get wisdom from somebody... Go to somebody who knows wisdom, but not just a person who knows God's voice, but actually speaks God's voice. Not only somebody who speaks his word, but go to somebody who obeys his word. See, if you go to somebody who knows his word, speaks his word, and most importantly, dare I say, obeys his word, you have godly counsel. I think one of the greatest questions you might ask somebody before asking the advice is this. Ready? This is the question I might ask, you know. If I really want to make somebody feel uncomfortable, I'm like, hey, I really need your advice on something. The people that I go to my advice in my life, here's what I know about them. I know that they are tithers. If you want to ask somebody if they have godly counsel, just say this. Let me see your tithe record. In other words, in other words, in other words, do you obey God? Because if you don't obey wisdom, why would I go to you for wisdom? I mean, you can give me worldly knowledge about how to establish a financial plan. And you can give me good wisdom on how to, how to get financial stability in that and get rich. I mean, you might have great wisdom on financial means. But it won't last long with the wisdom I follow from you. Because real wisdom says, don't store your treasures up here on earth. Real wisdom tells me, store your treasures in heaven. Real wisdom tells me it ain't easy to get into the kingdom of God for rich people. That's what wisdom would say. We got to sometimes seek God in the council when we don't hear God clearly. Maybe it's just about going to somebody and hearing what they would say. But most importantly, he says, then you got to take the discipline. Then you got to follow the instruction. 
Don't, don't call up pastors. Don't call me up. Don't call up churches and leaders or people that you know around you that are godly people all to have them waste their breath when you're not having any intention on doing what they're going to tell you to do in the first place because you've already made up your mind that you know better than God. Just follow their advice and take it. Now to summarize these five questions, I want to invite you to consider which of these might be hindering you from hearing God's voice and causing you to have a hear-through-off moment with God. You need to hear God today in your life. If you need to hear God in your life, you would love to hear God on a relationship, on a financial breakthrough, on how things are going to happen, on a mirror. You just need God's, you need God's wisdom. Pour it into your life. Consider these questions. Do I have doubt and unbelief in God? Do I have doubt and unbelief in His Word? In other words, I have spoken to you but you have doubt and unbelief, and it is making you feel like the wave in an ocean. And when circumstances aren't coming around you that don't feel as good, you forget the promises still stand. And he's saying, settle it today. Settle that I'm good today. Settle that I'm good today. Some of you need to settle that I'm good today. Settle that God is good. Settle it. I'm going to have the breakthrough, like I said. Settle it. I'm going to do that thing in your life I said to you I was going to do a long time ago. Settle it. Settle it. Trust my plans. I have a better plan for you than you could ever possibly think or imagine. Settle it. I have come to give you peace. Settle it. I have never left you. You are not alone. Settle it. You are not alone. Settle it. You are not alone. Settle it. You are able to do all things through me. Settle it. But how can I? Settle it. Don't be like a person who's caught in a boat without a my pillow. That's a whole other message I should title one day, my pillow. You should get you one. They're very comfortable. My point is, you got to settle it today. You got to settle it. God has spoken. Don't let doubt and unbelief creep in and steal what God has spoken. I am beautifully and wonderfully made. I'm settling it today. I'm settling it today. It doesn't matter who's left me. I'm settling it today. I'm a daughter of a king. I'm settling it today. It doesn't matter who's walked out on me. I'm settling it today. I'm adopted into the kingdom of God. I'm settling it today. I have access to all things that God has given me. I'm settling it today. Some of us got to settle it. Don't let doubt and unbelief come in and rob what God is speaking. Do I have the wrong motive? Do an inner reflection. What is my real motive for asking for this? What's the real motive? Is it about his kingdom or my kingdom? Is it about advancing his kingdom or my kingdom? God will not listen if we have the wrong motive. What's my motive behind this? What's my motive? What's my real motive? Is it about me or is it about him? Am I living in sin? Some of us today are dealing with a sin in our lives that we have to get rid of that sin. And it's not until you break free from that sin that God can do all the things that he wants to do through you and in you. And God is pleading with you today saying, listen, I want you to come to me. I can forgive your sins. I am faithful to forgive you every single time you fall. But I am telling you, you got to come and repent. Do you remember the two guys? There's two guys in the scripture that came to Jesus. Two men. And one man said, thank, thank you God that I'm not like that man. Now God bless me in these ways. I'm paraphrasing it. Then another man came, and he said he couldn't even, couldn't even look at the throne. He couldn't even be in the presence. So he, he recognized his position before God, and he didn't even take off his shoes. He just fell down to the ground. And it says that he beat his chest. 
He said, I'm unworthy. I'm not, I'm unworthy. I can't. Who am I before you? And he acknowledges his sin. And he recognized who he is before a holy, perfect God. And he makes his request. And Jesus says, which one of these men do you think I heard? It's the one who came to me prepared to allow me to shape them and form them how I made them originally. It's the one who came to me with an open heart. The one that says, God, I'm repenting. I'm going to change the way that I think. I'm going to change the way that I see things. I'm open to you, God. Whatever you want to do through me, and in, whatever you want to do through me, you can do. Now I can do something through you. Maybe the question you got to ask is, who do I need to forgive? I didn't say you have to call him, write him a letter. I didn't say you have to tell him, you know, take him back. No, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying forgiveness in your heart. That you just, you just say this out loud. They don't owe me anymore. They don't owe me anything. That person that hurt you long ago, you just say this, they don't owe me anymore. Some of you need to hear what God is speaking to you today. And he's telling you, you are beautifully, wonderfully made. You are my son and you are my daughter. You are mine. I have formed you perfectly. I have a purpose and a plan for your life. But because of what somebody has spoken to you, what a dad did to you, what a mom did to you, what an ex-church did to you, what a boss said to you, what a coach said to you, what a professor said to you, what a teacher said to you, and so many people spoke to your life, because of all of that built up hurt and pain and unforgiveness, you can't hear clearly that God loves you. And when I say God loves you, you say, well, not me. No, God loves you. You say, well, I don't know because I'm not perfect. God died for you. He loves you. He's got a plan for you. But some of you were spoken to that you can't, you're not able, you're not qualified, that'll never work out for you. And you've begun to believe that, and you've held on to that pain, you've held on to that offense. And that deep unforgiveness is preventing you from hearing what God has spoken to you. Unforgiveness gets in the way of us hearing God clearly. Go make things right, reconcile it in your heart, and move on. And hear what God is speaking. Last question, am I refusing to receive godly counsel? Maybe today, it's not the things I've spoken of just now. It's not doubt. It's not a wrong motive. It's not to sin. You've forgiven those who've hurt you. you you've done that. I mean, think about Jesus when he taught people to, to pray. He said, hey, forgive trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. There's forgiveness that matters to God when you come in communication with God. But maybe you've done those things. It may simply just be you need to hear from godly counsel. You need to take some godly counsel. In fact, people have told you this already, and you already know what you should do. Godly counsel has spoken to you. Godly counsel has come to you, and they have told you already a thousand times over what you should do. But you still haven't taken the instruction. And it's blocking you from hearing God because you're convinced your way is better. Are you refusing to receive godly counsel? It may be the thing that's blocking you from hearing God's voice. I just want you to know today that God, if God is silent, listen, if God is silent to your heart and in your life, it is not because he doesn't love you. No. But it may be because you have rejected the love that he has for you. 
He loves you, wants to talk with you every morning, every day. He wants to speak to you. But it may be sometimes, it may be sometimes, maybe, 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 maybe. Sometimes it may be because we are the ones turning our hair through off. Remember, God wants to speak to us. He does. Jesus said, my sheep know my voice and they follow me. He wants to speak and he is ready to hear our request. But when we do speak to him, we have to prepare ourselves to listen. We must remember to place our confidence in him, approach him with the right motives, repent of sin, forgive others, and seek counsel, and then God will speak. And this is really good news that Jesus made a way for us to hear God. Because the Bible tells us when Jesus died, the veil that separated us from the presence of God, from people from hearing directly from God, when Jesus died on the cross, that veil was torn. And now through his spirit, we can talk to God and hear from him. And this is really good news. And even better news is that Jesus left heaven to come to earth, that we would know him in the flesh and know who he is and have the image of God right there in our flesh. We could see and know who he is. And things that once previously separated us from God can now be reconciled to God through the cross because of what Jesus has done. That's the gospel. That's the good news. The good news is today God wants to speak to you. We just come willing, open hearts to God. I want to hear from you today. Let's pray. Jesus, Jesus, we call on you today. God, we will want to hear from you. We recognize that we are imperfect before a perfect God. But thank you for sending your son Jesus in our place. In order to establish a perfect place called heaven, a place where you reign and rule and live, God, where you invite us to be with you is perfect. But you need perfect people to make up a perfect place. Thank you for sending your son Jesus to make us perfect in your eyes. That would be cleansed from our sin. Lord, we want to hear from you. Is it our doubt that's getting in the way? Is it just doubt in your goodness? Is it doubt in your goodness that's blocking us to hear from the truth? Just your goodness. Remind yourself of his goodness today. Maybe it's it a wrong motive, a sin, someone or something. You've you got unforgi unforgiveness and so much offense built up. Let it, let it go so you can hear God clearly today. Or maybe your next step is to seek godly counsel. Our church is here. Those that are available in our chat rooms are available to pray with you and stand with you. Maybe you just need some godly counsel. If you don't have somebody around you in your life that you trust, know God's word, speaks God's word, and does what God says to do, hey, we want to be here for you. Let us know right now in the chat room or wherever you are, if you're here in person, write it down on the connection card. Tell us, email us, we'll call you, we'll get in touch with you to help walk you through that decision, to help you make the best decision uh, in your case. We want to be there for you. Those are not just empty words. That is why we are here. If you want to give your life to Jesus today, make Make him the Lord of your, lap, the, of your life, the master of your life. You want to become a disciple of Christ today. Your next step is simple. Let us know. Tell us. We can walk that through with you. You can do that by filling out a connection card online, letting us know in the chat room right now. Just click decision buttons or click connect or say, let me pray with somebody. Just type it in. We have people standing by ready to receive and walk you through that journey. If you're here in person, let us know on your Connect card and let us know. We'll call you and be in contact with you. We'll be here as well after service. Jesus, we love you so much. We thank you for your grace. We thank you for your mercy. Lord, speak to your people today. Let your will be done in their life. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. amen.